the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Right, the heavy metal anthem of many a fan, Judas Priest, you've got another thing coming. Good evening, everyone, or good morning, or good afternoon, however, and whenever you are listening to this uh, program, it is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We've got a great show for you tonight, news and notes to get to, uh, and other stuff as well, but first, how can you follow me very easily on Twitter, at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T. U double L O Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. We're on iTunes as well. We're also on Google Podcasts. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms. Alexa ready as well. Odyssey.com. Hopped up network. Head over there to the Hopped Up Network. Uh, usually a couple minutes after the show ends, you can listen to the podcast version of this program. You can download it, listen to it whenever you feel like it. We're also on iHeartRadio as well. So welcome. To everyone, 39 years ago, this past week, Judas Priest released Screaming for Vengeance, July 17th, 1982. That officially makes me old. I was 12 when this album came out. You can do the math. And it is one of those things. This is, I mean, this is an album that was certified double platinum, really put Judas Priest on the map. British Steel was really the album that sort of... I don't want to say introduced Judas Priest to America, but that really was kind of the first inklings of it. Then, you know, uh, Point of Entry comes out, and it was kind of not received very well. And then all of a sudden, boom, here comes Screaming for Vengeance. And it just this this power, the ba- it's just unreal. There are ballads on this album. There's power uh, on this album. It is a well-balanced uh, studio album. Probably one of Judas Priest's bests. There's the debate between this one and Defenders of the Faith, which was their uh, their next album in 1984, which to me is always going to have a special place in my heart. But this album is really the one that, bang, just puts Judas Priest right on the map that makes you want to bang your head and you got another thing coming is one of those anthems. We'll sprinkle some Judas Priest uh, throughout the show. I think it's only uh, fair uh, that we do that. But we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up in 20 minutes, Josh Knoll, he's the bar and restaurant writer and the author from the Chicago Tribune, is going to join me. It's been a while since we've had Josh on, and I don't want to get him on just to talk about um, you know, his great book about the history of Goose Island beer, although one of the questions will be about Goose Island. I, you know, I, I admit that that's what one of the questions will be, but there's a lot going on in the Chicago area, uh, and I wanted to get into it with Josh a little bit about the various bars and restaurants 
uh, and breweries around the Chicago area to talk to Josh about. And uh, we will get to that in 20 minutes from now. But we've got other stuff to get to. First off, our good friends from Heavy Seas, they've got a double release going on, double snowballs. They're excited to announce the return of Be More Snowball Egg Custard and the release of Be More Snowball Tiger's Blood. Be More Snowball Egg Custard, a blonde ale brewed with vanilla, while a Be More Snowball Tiger's Blood is a fruit ale brewed with watermelon, strawberry, and a hint of coconut. Both flavors available on July 30th on draft and in four packs exclusively at the Heavy Seas Tap Room. So you definitely want to check them out uh, over at Heavy Seas, our good friends from Heavy Seas. Four new beers are out this month at Crooked Hammock Brewery. Uh, past the sauce, peach cobbler. That's a fruited sour doused with juicy peaches and a handful of spices for a tart treat reminiscent of the classic southern summer dessert, the peach cobbler. This one is available at both of Crooked Hammock Brewery's Delaware locations. Past the sauce, a key lime cheesecake, also inspired by a favorite summer treat. Um, guests at the Crooked Hammock Brewery location in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, can purchase that beer there. So apparently you can only get it at certain locations, those beers. Recently released Small World, brewed with over 100 pounds of vanilla ice cream and ripe pineapple puree for a sweet, slightly tart summer sipping sensation. That sour, available for purchase now. Uh, and out this past weekend, Shark Party, a deep red sour that celebrates the beloved predator of the sea, bursting with flavor. The sour is aged on ripe raspberries and juicy blackberries, creating a tart and bold beer dripping with complexity. You can visit Crooked crookedhammockbrewery.com for more information. It's a long name, but it's definitely well worth it uh, to check out when their beer releases are going to be and also to find out when they are giving tours at both of their locations for Crooked Brew Tours. Very cool there. Our friends from McKellar have announced that they have finally opened uh, their McKellar San Francisco location. Uh, That was the second McKellar bar they opened, the start of their entire operation globally. Uh, So the place has very special meaning for them. Um, this has been open since 2013. Obviously, they shut it down during COVID, but now they have reopened it. It is one of three McKellar locations that are in California. In addition to San Francisco, McKellar owns a combined brewery, tasting room, and bottle shop in Miramar, San Diego, plus a bar in the Little Italy area of San Diego. I am uh, upset that I didn't try one of these places when I was out there uh, last time with my wife, but if I do get back to San Diego, and to be honest with you, it's kind of the trip I'm leaning towards. Once I have some other stuff settled, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do it during the Christmas holiday again, because it was a really good time to go uh, out during Christmas time, or if I'm going to go uh, before that or after, maybe into the new year. I don't know, but I've got to make a trip back to San Diego. There are so many great places and different things to do in San Diego when it comes uh, to just the beer world itself. So. The new premises at 34 Mason Street for McKellar will also house a bottle shop, so guests will have the opportunity to buy beer and merchandise to take home from the bar. Of course, they have a uh, they have food there as well. Um, it, it, head chef Antonio Garcia is the chef, the, the head chef there, serving solid high end bar food. Uh, and again, uh, this is a, it reopened in April, but it's having their it had their grand opening celebration uh, this past weekend uh, of July 26th. Uh, it'll feature beers, food, and special events. Uh, the entire week to celebrate the opening. So I'm guessing that all of that stuff uh, is already done in terms of their reopening since this is Sunday already when we uh, air the program. And then finally, uh, interesting article I came across uh, from the New York Post. Uh, an upstate New York brewery is so desperate in its search for workers 
uh, amid the pandemic recovery, it has created a new beer that is called Help Wanted with a job posting on the can. So this is Bolton Landing Brewing Company. They're located less than a mile from Lake George and about a 20-minute drive from the popular summer resort's main drag. They say they offer competitive pay, room for growth throughout the company, and a fun, laid-back work environment, employee outings, and a view that can't be beat. Email or swing by the taproom to apply. So company president Brendan Murnane, a 34, told The Post that since he's opened the business in 2017 with his father, John Murnane, who's 68, they previously had little problem hiring extra workers to help out with the busier summer season. But this year, not a single applicant inquired between May and June about any of the company's seven open full and part-time positions. So uh, the positions include a key kitchen job vacated by a worker who told name he was leaving because he'd rather cash unemployment checks. So obviously they have food here at this brewery as well. And Murnane said, if you're getting paid to stay at home and enjoy the lake for the summertime, a lot of people would be crazy to not take the government up on that. He says he also says it would be nice to spend summer on the lake, but you have to go to work, too. And now everyone is coming up here. We've been doing a lot of business, but we're dealing with the fact we don't have enough bodies to serve everyone. So, again, it's a tap room in a kitchen. And he noticed he noted he'd been working seven days a week in this uh, article from The New York Post in his normal role managing the business, which also helped to prepare lunch and dinner. Uh, while also helping to prepare lunch and dinner so his chef can take days off. I mean, this is crazy. So the company's indoor tap room fills up at a 40-person capacity, but the backyard could pack up to 100 people, so he's had to cut his menu in half. He's had to cut the amount of people that he can have in the restaurant at one time, which I've heard from a number of people. Now, the beer apparently was first released Friday, June 9th. The brewery received seven applicants and one prospective hire, uh, the beer is uh, $7 on tap at the brewery, and it's a four-pack for $16 in-house. Four-packs are also uh, available through beverage distributors across New York State. But this is a growing problem, right? We're finding out that a lot of people don't want to go back to work. In May of 2020, New York's unemployment rate was more than 16%. Uh, the most recent figures in May of 2021, the figure is at 6.9% statewide. But, again, People are getting a lot more money. They're getting an, they can collect an, uh, an estimated $800 weekly, depending on your economic status. Now, the program is set to expire, or part of the program of this unemployment is set to expire on its September 5th. But a lot of these people may not be in business by then. This is a big problem. I, I talked to a number of different breweries. Um, one of them, and, uh, you know, uh, listen, again, um, I, I'm not going to name names, but a number of these breweries have said, we have a problem getting people in here. And so what ends up happening, whether it's bars, restaurants, breweries, they have to cut back hours. They can't accommodate as many people. And then people are complaining, why am I waiting an hour to sit down uh, when the restaurant is half empty? Well, the reason why is because people aren't working. We've got to get people back to work. And, and again, I don't have the answers as to how do you change the culture. Is it paying more money? Uh, to these employees, if you pay more money to these employees, then you have to raise the price of food in order to manage your overhead. It, 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 it's, it's just not going to work by saying, all right, we're going to give everybody $16 an hour uh, and keep the prices the same. Restaurants going to go out of business. It's a major problem, and we have to figure out somehow how to fix it and do it rapidly. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. And then uh, a little bit later on, Josh Knoll, the bar and restaurant writer and author from the Chicago Tribune, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
back to the Young Vitulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and uh, Google Podcasts. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms or Alexa Ready as well. Odyssey.com, the Hopped Up Network as well. Uh, just go over to the Hopped Up Network. You can listen to a bunch of other uh, podcasts uh, you, that you can download and listen to at your leisure. Now, coming up in just under 10 minutes, Josh Knoll, the bar and restaurant writer and author from the Chicago Tribune, is going to join me. We're going to talk, to me, uh, talk about the Chicago uh, beer scene. But also, uh, we talked about um, Samuel Adams and the success that they have had with Truly and how their beer sales and their hard seltzer sales are in two uh, diametrically uh, opposite positions. So it's uh, it's a great conversation with Josh, and you want to tune in for that in just a few minutes. The title track from Screaming for Vengeance, Judas Priests. Uh, this is the, um, I guess this is the 39th anniversary of this album, and uh, the 40th, I guess, is next year or whatever. Uh, but, man, let me tell you something. What an unbelievable album. It's only 10 tracks, but every single one. In fact, I was on a walk yesterday, I'm getting a little bit of a workout. Was out for over an hour and uh, popped this on while I I, I did my walk. And um, it's just a, a great, great album. It's one of those things. It's kind of like a beer. Um, and I was discussing this with an old neighbor of mine uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, we were actually talking about Samuel Adams Summer Ale, uh, a beer that I loved uh, when it was when it was first out, and one that I have not had for quite some time. And it's one of those things when you revisit a beer that you haven't had in a long time, and then you remember why you like that particular beer. Uh, it's the same thing with music. You know, you love a certain band or you love a certain style of music, and maybe it's something that you haven't had uh, in a while, you haven't listened to it in a while, and then you pop it on, and then you go, oh, now I remember why I like this. And now I remember why I was into this jam. Like, that's exactly the same way when it comes to beer. And I said, you know, I definitely have to um, go back and get some Sam Summer Ale because it was a beer that I really enjoyed. One of the, Another summer ale that I really enjoyed a lot of that I haven't had simply because AB InBev bought them out was Blue Point's uh, summer ale. Blue Point's summer ale was one of the best ones that I ever had. It's, again, it's another one of those you want to go back and revisit it. Um, so it's interesting. It's, it's one of those things that uh, you know it, it brings back memories of, hey, now I know why I drank this certain thing and why I listened to this music or, or even a book. You know, there are books that, I, I, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll go back and reread a book that I read years ago, and you say to yourself, oh, now I know why I enjoyed reading this book uh, for, you know, whatever it is in the story. Well, anyway, let's dive into some beer news before we have to take a break here. Uh, dropping this week and next at all the best beer locations in New Jersey and New York, Tom's River, uh, which is Ross Brewing's new um, river series, this is their new beer that they've dropped. It's an American Pale Ale at 6.8%. It's done in collaboration with their good friends over at Tom's River Beer. Makes sense. Uh, made with Mosaic Calypso and Warrior Hops, then dry hop with loads of the same, as well as a Falconer Flight. Uh, their interpretation of a style that they grew up with that really inspired them to become brewers. It's a style you don't see quite as often anymore. The classic American Pale Ale, full-bodied, amber in color, a beautiful bouquet of a Pacific Northwest hops on the nose, and a delicious balanced flavor that is hop forward with a malt finish. Uh, and I want to thank John Kokoza for uh, getting me a couple of cans of Tom's River and, and uh, as well as the, the, their moon beer. In the, what is it? In the moon? Up the moon? Something? I forgot. I don't have it in front of me. So my apologies. But uh, thanks to um, 
to John for getting me uh, a number of these beers. I met, met with him down in Monmouth County uh, on this past Friday uh, that he dropped off to me. So we'll have a review on those beers in the coming uh, weeks. Firestone Walker uh, is coming out with Strata Hazy IPA. It's the ling- latest single hop release from the brewery's uh, Propagator series. It's available exclusively in the latest Crafted Through Hops IPA mix pack. It is uh, rolling out this week uh, and next. It's in Firestone Walker Market starting this week. It's also available at all Firestone Walker locations. And, of course, via the brewery's web store at firestonebeer.com. They will deliver uh, within California. The new mix pack is 12, 12-ounce cans. Also includes three other hoppy beers. Uh, Mine Haze, a hazy IPA done the Firestone way. The West Coast IPA legend known as Union Jack. And the latest release in the Luponic Distortion IPA rotating hop series. You know, everybody thinks of Firestone Hoppy, uh, Firestone Walker as this boozy, bold, crazy-flavored uh, beers. I shouldn't say crazy-flavored, but, you know, bold, you know, boozy type of stuff. But they make some darn good IPAs, I have to say. Their IPAs are really on point, uh, whether it's West Coast, whether it's the Hazy. Um, they do a fantastic job with it. So if you haven't tried Firestone Walker yet, I highly encourage you to pick, pick some up. Um, this is, did they give the ABV on this? I think they did. I think it's somewhere around 8%. I think I deleted it when I was, uh, putting it together. All right. Well, sticking with the West Coast theme, Stone Brewing, our good friends from Stone, uh, they have announced this past week the Buena Vida Hard Seltzer in custom molded 12 ounce glass bottles now available throughout Southern California. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Stone came out with a hard seltzer because I didn't think that they would follow the trends. And Greg Cook has basically been on record as saying he didn't want to follow the trends. Uh, and when CEO Maria Stipp uh, said at her first Stone uh, to- Town Hall meeting, hey, listen, we need to make a hard seltzer, it was kind of met with silence from the brewers. But I guess clearly she convinced Greg that they need to do this. So it is brewed with high-quality cane sugar, natural flavors. It launches in mixed 12 packs of four festive flavors, all of them at a 5% ABV. They have uh, watermelon and lime mango, black cherry, and mandarin. It is launched exclusively in Southern California the week of July 19th, which is this past week. It's available at all Stone Brewing locations. The national distribution may follow in January of next year. They're not really sure if they're going to release this nationally. I think it depends on the success in Southern California, uh, and then uh, we will see if they roll it out nationwide. Uh, If you want to find it in Southern California, find.stonebrewing.com to locate Buena Vida. Hard seltzer, or is it Buena Vida? I'm not sure. I think it's Buena Vida. Uh, but uh, yeah, Stone finally coming out with a hard seltzer. Amazing. And that's part of the conversation that I get into with Josh Nolan in our next break when we talk about how um, surprising the sales of Truly and the sales of Sam Adams. Um, and, you know, we get into it a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I want you to listen to the interview, so I won't say too much more about it. Now, our friends at Weyerbacher is releasing. Imperial Pumpkin Ale. That's right. Pumpkin beers are back. I know it's summertime, but now these brewers are trying to get them in the in the pipeline because they know they've got to get them out there because otherwise if they don't, they're going to be stuck with a lot of inventory. So Thursday, August 5th from noon to 8 p.m., both on draft and in bottles, Imperial Pumpkin Ale at Weyerbacher. The Imperial Pumpkin Ale clocks in at 8%. I am, again, I am not a big fan of pumpkin beers. Uh, I understand that they have their place in the beer world. Um, but a lot of them just kind of missed the mark for me. They're too pumpkin forward. There's something you know wrong about them, and I don't like the fact that they are out 
uh, in August. I don't like it, but I understand why they have to be because if you release them in October, they're going to be sitting on the shelves come February, and that is not a good thing. So I get why. So we're seeing Wirebacker early August. We're seeing a bunch of others. I'm sure Sam Adams is going to be having their pumpkin beer right around the corner, and a lot of others will be jumping in with these pumpkin beers. It's the same thing like the, when you know somebody like a wet ticket releases watermelon wheat in May. Summer hasn't hit yet, but you've got to get it out there and get it rocking and rolling. Otherwise, you're going to have a big problem. Now, when we come back after, or actually too much inventory that you can't sell. When we come back after a short break, Josh Knoll, the bar and restaurant writer and author from the Chicago Tribune, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. We're also on iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, Alexa Ready as well, Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and of course the podcast version of this program Usually Monday mornings, a couple minutes after the show ends, over on the Hopped Up Network. Head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can listen to this show or a plethora of others whenever you want. A little audio slave there. Chris Cornell, I would be remiss. Most of the show has been about Judas Priest and the release of Screaming for Vengeance. Some, uh, my goodness, I am old, uh, 38, 39 years ago. Um, but um, also this past week, Chris Cornell's birthday. Uh, and so we miss him. Uh, you know, he took his own life back in uh, May a couple of years ago. My God, I can't believe it's been a couple of years that he is gone. And uh, always love um, whatever Chris Cornell has done, whether it's Audio Slave, his solo stuff, Soundgarden, et cetera, et cetera. Now, my next guest covers the beer and restaurant scene for the Chicago Tribune. He's also an author of an amazing book. It's called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's all about Goose Island beer. Hit the Chicago Tribune website for his articles. Of course, you can order his book on Amazon, or you can follow him on Twitter at HopNotes. Let me welcome back to the show, Josh Knoll. Josh, how are you? Hey, Al. How you doing? I'm doing good. Great to have you back. I want to jump right into an article that you wrote uh, from about a week ago, which mentioned how restaurant prices are up and will continue to go up as we emerge from the pandemic. My question, why is this happening? Uh, well, basically the cost of Everything that being a restaurant operator needs to run a restaurant has gone up, and that is uh, the cost of ingredients, like the food on your plate, right. uh, the, you know, the cost of r- literally pretty much, as was explained to me, everything. So, like, from uh, packaging, you know, like plastic stuff that the food to go goes into, ketchup, to there's a big shortage of uh, fryer oil. Wow. Uh, used to make French fries, so the, mm-hmm. just the price of everything has gone up, and then there's the cost of labor, which has also gone up. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and I've written about this a, f- a few times for the Tribune about the uh, what's generally called the worker shortage, the labor shortage. Right. Uh, there's a variety of reasons for it, but but the the bottom line for restaurant operators is that they have to pay more uh, to the people working for them to attract them and retain them. Uh, and so there's another very sizable cost. And, you know, some people argue that, that, that that's a, a very reasonable cost that should have gone up a long time ago for mm-hmm. people who work in restaurants. Uh, 
because, uh, you know, they got to put food on their own tables and for their families, but that's a separate issue. But add it all up and, uh, yeah, running a restaurant. Like, these, a lot of these restaurants are doing gangbuster business right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy I talked to said that if he knew five years ago the, the number of uh, the amount of business he'd be doing now, he, he'd think, oh, man, I'm on Easy Street. But he's doing record business, but he is not getting record profits. In fact, he's losing money. So, therefore, those prices are getting passed along to consumers, and this is happening coast to coast. It is happening everywhere. Yep, and I see it where I live in New Jersey. And so just getting out there and supporting restaurants is not the only answer here. There's got to be another solution. Now, I know you mentioned you know they're having to pay workers more, but, I mean, that really hurts their bottom line. The, the, the steak that used to cost... Let's say, you know, for a moderately priced steak, let's say it costs, you know, $35, $40. And I'm not talking about a high-end restaurant, but a moderately sized restaurant is now going to cost you 60 in order to make up the difference where they have to pay these workers more. I know part of the one of the things that was floated out there is to pay workers more money and not, uh, you know, have them eligible for tips. One restaurateur in New Jersey uh, started doing that where he's paying his workers more uh, but they're not eligible for tips. Do you think that's a, a good solution, Josh? I think it's a, a possibly a good solution. That is, I think there, there is this moment right now of sort of reexamining how the restaurant industry has operated for the last, you know, 50-plus years right. um, and what changes can be made. And one trend right now is indeed moving away from the tipped model uh, and toward sort of the, uh, you know, so there'll be a built-in gratuity probably for the customer. So still, you're still paying a tip. It's just not your discretion. Uh, and some restaurants uh, are also going to like a, a worker health care surcharge. So that's a big, you know, cost uh, on the plate of a lot of people, of course, is, is health care. And so there are restaurants that are doing like an extra 2% added to your bill, and they'll describe it as to pay health care for workers. So I think personally, I think, yes, that is a potentially, uh, not definitively, I think they're still sort of trying to figure all this out but i is it a possible solution sure i mean i think now's the times but you know coming hopefully coming out of this pandemic even though the numbers are going up again right um it, it now is the time to experiment and try things and and uh figure out what didn't work before and for whom and why and just try some new things to you know make a a health industry that is equitable for all of the people in it. And, that, and that's what's happening right now. Right. And we're talking with Josh Knoll. He's the beer and restaurant uh, uh, writer for the Chicago Tribune. He's also an author of a great book called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's all about the history of Goose Island beer. You can hit the Chicago Tribune for his articles. You can order the book on Amazon.com or you can follow him on Twitter at Hopnotes here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You know, that's more palatable to me, Josh, if, if you're telling me uh, on my bill that 2% of what I'm paying is going towards the uh, the the workers' health care costs, I think I can swallow that a little bit more than just saying, well, I'm adding a gratuity to your bill, you know, whether you like it or not. I mean, I tip pretty heavy when I go to restaurants to begin with, but I, I think I could swallow that a little bit more if I say, oh, all right, part of this money is going to the workers' health care, which I think is a great idea. Now, the, the Delta variant of COVID is spreading throughout the country. Uh, you know, they're telling people to get vaccinated. They're, you know, there's possibilities of rollbacks we're seeing in Los Angeles. They're telling people to wear masks indoors again. Has it affected any of the Chicago breweries or restaurants in terms of capacity limits, et cetera, or are things still at 100 percent? Things are still at 100 percent here. Okay. Uh, and, you know, if, if they roll back, I think it's going to be 
it's going to be painful. And, yep. you know, and no matter where you are, Chicago or wherever, it's right. going to be a tough pill for people to swallow. Uh, doesn't mean it doesn't need to happen, but it, uh, it's, it's going to be tough because I think there was this feeling uh, within the industry, outside the industry, uh, among, you know, everyone we know that, oh, we were sort of getting on the other side of this and the, right. to sort of be, quote, unquote, moving backwards now uh, is, is going to be a challenge. But, yeah, we're, we're still at 100 percent, and uh, it'll sure be interesting to see where things go, especially once fall rolls around, and mm-hmm. that's going to present a whole, you know, host of new new issues for restaurant bar brewery owners but let me add that you know a lot of them uh figured out how to get through last time yep. and i think odds are good to figure out how to get through again not certainly not all right uh and that's you know it's a shame for anyone to lose their business some of those businesses probably would have gone out of business anyway right um let's not obscure that fact but you know i mean if if it does roll back uh, these folks are resilient they're pretty industrious and they'll you know hopefully a lot of them are able to figure it out again that that is true i mean it's amazing how many of these breweries were able to figure out how to stay you know keep their business moving uh without losing a beat some didn't but a majority of them did which is a great point now you also have a story in the tribune that was posted about a month ago on skeleton key brewing and how they suffered damage due to a tornado a lot of breweries in the area stepped up to help them donating money what's the status on them are they back up and running now Oh no no no! They got there's there's a huge rebuild. A tornado really just ripped through that brewery. Right. Um, but they they it's pretty amazing. Uh, talk about resilience. Um, a GoFundMe went up and not by the brewery. It was actually put up by an employee of another brewery. Okay. Uh, you know a lot of camaraderie in in the beer industry, which sure. is pretty cool. Uh, and this fundraiser raised 150 grand for Skeleton Key Brewing in less than a week. The original goal, I want to say, was about twenty grand or so. That's all. And they wound up at at close to one fifty. And you know they're doing collaborations with other breweries and fundraisers, and it it seems pretty clear that you know the the help of others, the kindness of others, is going to get this brewery back on its feet. That's that's very cool. And you're right. I mean, it's it's so wonderful when you see uh, all of these breweries coming in and stepping up and helping out others, whether it's ingredients, whether it's uh, you know giving space to to brew beer or even money. Uh, to help these guys when when something like this happens that can be cataclysmic uh, for any type of business. We're talking with Josh Knoll. He's the uh, writer for the beer and restaurant scene at the Chicago Tribune. He's got a great book about uh, the history of Goose Island beer called Barrel Aged Stout and Selling Out. Chicago Tribune, follow that for his articles. Of course, you can order the book on Amazon or you can follow him on Twitter at Hopnotes. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And Josh, you tweeted something out uh, uh, the other day that I think is astounding, and I wanted to expand on this a little bit. Uh, For the four-week period ending of July 10th, Truly Hard Seltzer was a little over 60% of Boston beer sales. Twisted Tea was at 21%, and Sam Adams Beer... Uh, which was, you know, obviously launched the company and was their backbone for years, was just under 8%. Clearly, hard (laughs) seltzer is here to stay in this country over the last couple of years. Are we seeing a change in people's tastes towards beer, or is this just dumb luck? Uh, Well, tastes are changing radically, absolutely. Hard seltzer is definitely here to stay. White Claw is still growing like crazy, right. and they're the biggest player in the hard seltzer market. The second biggest player in the hard seltzer market is Truly, which is owned by Boston Beer, um, which, as you say, the, the backbone of the Boston Beer Company uh, for years and years and years was Sam Adams. Right. 
beer. And that, that allowed them to become quite large as a brewery. And they were, I, they were the largest craft brewer for, in the nation for many, many, many years. Right. Um, Sam Adams as a brand hasn't really, it, it was hugely important. And I think they make some good beer. I still think a fresh Boston lager is pretty tasty, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brand just sort of didn't keep up with the times. They tried to keep up with the times. It just didn't work. So part of this is Sam Adams as brand is is and has been for at least a decade waning uh, in terms of sort of the, the public mind and and sort of the 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 beer the the beer, uh, the, the beer industry mm-hmm. uh, and what people want to be drinking. Uh, however, uh, Jim Cook, the founder of the company, he's if I'm recalling correctly, MBA from Harvard guy. So you know, yeah. do what you will with that information. And so they they've always actually taken a lot of chances over the years and tried new things. They don't all work, but some do. And one that worked wildly, truly hard seltzer. Yep. Um, so it, 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 while at one hand Boston beer hasn't really been able to keep up with beer tastes, truly tapped into changing tastes overall. So uh, that has more than made up for any shortfalls with, with Boston beer and truly is an absolute uh, monster right now. And really the Boston beer company uh, should be the Boston beverage company because between yeah. truly and uh, twisted tea, right. uh, you know, that they're, <laughs> they're, they're barely a beer company anymore. Uh, I, uh, it, it really, it, that shift is amazing. A hundred percent. And I have to say when I've interviewed Jim before, Jim has admitted he had, he missed the boat on IPAs. He didn't really understand what the what the allure was about it, uh, and he he said we tried to make it and it just didn't work out for us, which was part of the reason why they ended up merging with Dogfish Head, which was a perfect. I mean, if you want to talk about beer mergers, that was the, the one of the best beer mergers in recent memory because here's a here's a company in Dogfish that makes great IPAs, here's a company in Boston Beer that makes great lagers, and kind of just mixed the two of them together in a perfect uh, synergy, and it has seemed to have worked out for them. Uh, in the short term so far uh, for both companies. So kudos to Jim and for Sam Calagione for having the, the wherewithal to kind of get together and, and merge both companies and give them the distribution that they need. But you're right with Truly. I mean, he really he really hit it on the head with that one. Uh, my guest has been Josh Knoll. He's the beer and restaurant uh, author in the Chicago Tribune. He also has a great book, uh, Barrel Aged Out and Selling Out. It's all about Goose Island beer. You definitely have to pick it up. It's a great summer read. Uh, hit the Chicago Tribune for his articles. You can order the book on Amazon.com, or you can follow him on Twitter, at Hopnotes. Josh, thanks so much for giving me a few minutes tonight. I very much appreciate it. Anytime, Al. Always a pleasure to chat. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> little bloodstone from Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance. That's right. 30, no, was it 38, 38 or 39 years, did I say? I don't remember. God, my memory is bad. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. There are just days when I say to myself, wow, how do I actually get up and function as a human being and remember how to get to work and all this other good stuff? Anyway, wow. Well, 
Follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo before I forget. Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com or on iTunes and Google Podcasts. AG Craft Beer Cast. You can search for that and you can download and listen to the shows whenever you feel like it. And give a review, please. I'd appreciate a review. Good, bad, or indifferent doesn't matter. Uh, Alexa Ready as well. Odyssey.com. iHeart. Hopped Up Network. Uh, we've got a lot of different ways for you to consume uh, this particular program. And, you know, I really hope you enjoyed it. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time now. It's uh, We're in our sixth year. Can you believe that? We are getting we're, or going into our sixth year. I mean, this, this is a show that started in 2016, um, right before I was diagnosed uh, with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And we have soldiered on. Uh, we've done some best ofs, but for the most part, this show is uh, live and ready to rock and roll uh, every week, almost every week, uh, every year. So, uh, And I appreciate you as well as the many sponsors who have been on the program uh, over the years, including Source. Uh, portions of the program brought to you by uh, Source Farmhouse Brewing, a beautiful farmhouse brewery located in Colts Neck, New Jersey, right off of Route 34, right next to the great delicious orchards. If you haven't been there yet, I suggest that you get your fanny down there and drink some delicious source beer direct from the source. Now, let us dive into Suds and Duds, which as always is our final segment of the program. Uh, First up, a non-alcoholic beer, this one from Athletic Brewing. They had sent me uh, their Rainbow Wall a number of weeks ago and finally getting around to trying some of these things. This is Probably one of my favorite beers from them. It's got some bite to it, a little bit of haze. It For a non-alcoholic beer, it is a, a really good one. In fact, I have a few cans of this. I think I'm going to bring this to um, the Hall & Oates concert that I'm going to. So this way, if I want to mix it up a little bit without having to uh, consume a great amount of alcohol, I can switch it up and have a non-alcoholic beer while I'm in the parking lot. I think I'm going to do that. That's a great thing. Uh, so the good folks from Athletic Brewing, nice job on the Rainbow Wall. Very good. Uh, a couple of beers that I hadn't checked in from Source. Uh, one of them happens to be their Summer Saison. Light, floral, lemon, delicious beer. Uh, this was really good. The uh, Watch Me, Watch Me, which is part of their oat series, smooth and fruity, uh, pours in a, a kind of um, reddish hue in the glass. Really, really good. Very v- excellent. Delicious beer. Uh, one of the Olympic tribute beers from Michael Phelps uh, that I had from Source, nice and juicy, tropical. Um, I like their Olympic series. They've done a nice job. There were a couple that I kind of missed just because I didn't feel like uh, getting it. So, um, But pretty much everything that Source has had or uh, released in cans, I've pretty much gotten. I've cherry-picked a few things because there's some just some weeks that I'm just not in the mood. Uh, or I don't have the space in my refrigerator, to be perfectly honest with you. My beer fridge is quite packed. Um, and thanks to... Um, uh, John Kokoza from Ross Brewing for the beers that he sent me um, a, a couple of days ago. Uh, I mean, my goodness. Uh, again, love getting samples. Um, you know, three, four packs, that's a lot for me, especially in my refrigerator. But, John, I appreciate it. You're a good man, my friend, and I cannot wait uh, for your brewery to be open down in Middletown, New Jersey. Another one from Source that I have in cans, but I actually drank at the Source uh, last week when I went to pick up those cans, Digital Hygiene. This is a very, very smooth um, IPA. And, and as I wrote on uh, Untapped, and you can follow me on Untapped at Gatulo. that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, 
Um, this went down like a fat kid on a seesaw. I mean, honestly, <laughs> this was delicious. I cannot believe how quickly uh, I consumed it. And, it, you know, it's not a uh, it's not a 3-4%er either. I think it's in the 6th range uh, of ABV, and this was a very, very good. And then this is one that was on tap at Source, and I don't know if it's still there. It may have kicked, but it might not have. And if, if it hasn't, I encourage you when you go down there, you should try this, whether you get a little sampler of it or a full pour. Strawberry drizzle. This, without a doubt, tart, a little bit sour, um, but it tastes like a liquid chocolate-covered strawberry. I, I'm not kidding you. The chocolate is very prominent in it. The strawberry, not as much. But you get both flavors. Um, I, I get it. To try and get that equal blend is sometimes difficult. But let's face it. When you bite into the strawberry, what's the thing that you're tasting the most of first? The chocolate. Because that chocolate, sometimes when they pour it on, it's thick. It has that, that you know, like that kind of crust at the end of it. So you get more of a chocolate flavor to this, and then you get the strawberry on the back end. Because when you're chewing the chocolate-covered strawberry, the chocolate first, then you get that sweetness of the strawberry. That's exactly how this beer is. And and Excellent. Well done. Loved it. I, I thought it was delicious. Also got a taste off one of the bright tanks of a, um, a Hellas Lager that's going to be coming out in September from Source. It is fantastic. I cannot wait. It wasn't even fully carbonated yet either. As we continue on here on uh, Suds and Duds, um, had Citra Punch from Kane uh, over at Paragon Tap and Table. Juicy, light, delicious. Uh, I was impressed. Again, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've said this publicly. I love a lot of, of Kane stuff. I find their IPAs missed the mark for me a little bit. This one did not. I was uh, very impressed with it. It was v- delicious. Now, one that I enjoyed a great deal, and I love this series from Evil Twin. In fact, I have a can of this, but I had it on tap at Paragon. The Dumb Fruit 3 Passion Fruit Marion Berry Marshmallow Coconut Toasties. So much tartness in this. It was fantastic. I probably should have had another one of it, uh, but it was delicious. I know the the uh, the fourth one is on tap at Paragon, and hopefully it'll still be there uh, when I get there at some point because I definitely want to try that. Then uh, the um, Brick City uh, District 96 collab of Sexual Snake, oh, my God, for a quad, this is super smooth and crushable. I mean, it's way over 10%. I think it was like 12 and that was a banging beer. I was incredibly impressed at how smooth it went down. Very impressed. So kudos to the folks from Bricks and District 96. Excellent job. Now, uh, Bolero Snort had their eight-and-a-half-steer older uh, party um, last weekend, and I went to it uh, and got myself uh, a sampler to start. First up was the Tropical Fruit Punch Heferade. Uh, very nice. Not my favorite. I'm enjoying it. Yes, it definitely has a Gatorade feel to it, but it was not my favorite beer uh, of the bunch of the four uh, tasters that I started with. Weekend at Moody's, uh, bottom, uh, which was uh, a tart, slightly sour a beer, very refreshing, nice way to cleanse the palate. Uh, then had the uh, 20th and Bull from last year, um, the 2020 vintage. Oh, my goodness. Big, bold, boozy. The flavors are amazing. The chocolate, the peanut butter, uh, the banana, everything in it just works perfectly. And I'm glad I only had a taster of it because, boy, is that strong. Uh, and then the other one that I had, the another half steer crazier. Um, v- very nice. Sour, thick, fun. Um, ha- actually had, they had a, um, they have a smoothie version of it, uh, with vanilla ice cream and strawberry. That was outstanding. A refreshing beer for sure, uh, on a hot day. And it was very humid, uh, in Bolero Park of which I had at Bolero Park. 
There's no rying in baseball. This is an old-school throwback from these guys, one of the first beers that they had ever done. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the bottle was sort of like a baseball bat, I thought. Or, or maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm imagining things. Maybe that was the Coors Light bottles that used to be in the baseball bats. I don't remember. Anyway, somebody will correct me. But um, love that beer, no rying in baseball. Uh, it's just a great, great beer. Super easy drinking lager, uh, and if if they have it available at Bolero Park, it's very cheap, too. I, I think they're talking like $9 a four-pack. You can't beat that for $9 a four-pack. Another one that uh, from, from these guys that you can get at a very inexpensive price is the Hoofa Lager at Bolero Snort. It's in 12-ounce cans. It is their Pilsner. It is a solid, crispy boy. Uh, this is just an excellent beer that Bolero does, and I know they sell uh, the Hoofa and the Meadowlands Lager um, in case form, I think the hoofa goes for 36 bucks for the case, which is not bad when you're talking about, um, you know, four, 12, uh, four uh, six-packs uh, of beer. And if you're having a barbecue, you want to drink something light. At summertime, I, I, summertime I'm trying to, I try to go more for the lighter beers because not that I want to consume a lot of beers, but it's definitely something that, you know, you, you drink enough Double IPAs over time, you get bogged down a little bit. So I would prefer something a little bit lighter uh, to have a few. And then you can mix the IPAs in uh, as you're going on in your uh, barbecue or concert happenings. I can't wait. Three concerts lined up next month. I'm so excited to get back to seeing live shows. Uh, and, um, you know, I- I'm-, I'm hoping that this Delta variant doesn't put a crimp in a lot of people's plans. My thanks to everybody involved in the show, as well as my guest, Josh Knoll, the bar and restaurant writer, author from the Chicago Tribune, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. And by the way, Buddy, great catching up with you on the phone last week as well. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.